forth and manageable. An SEC football podcast brought to you by 2400 Sports. Now, here's Brad Edwards. All right, let's finish this up by just taking a look at what happened in the rest of the SEC today. Um, I I mentioned that uh, there were two conference games, ranked versus ranked, that were expected to be competitive games, and both of them were, and those are the games that we've already talked about. There were two other games that were conference games. One of them was expected to be a blowout, Vanderbilt traveling to Alabama, and it absolutely was. Alabama won 55 to three. No shock there. Um, you know, the tide uh, certainly certainly had their way with the doors and and I don't think there were any key injuries for Alabama. There were a couple players who left the field, but um, as far as the the players Alabama can't afford to lose, I don't know that uh, there was anything significant that would uh, would continue through the rest of the season there. So um, Alabama took care of business. The other conference game was arguably, I mean, Vanderbilt is certainly in that argument and, and maybe South Carolina as well, but arguably the two worst teams in the league. And they played a game befitting of the two worst teams in the league. Auburn and Missouri tied at 14 at the half. They went through the entire second half without a point scored. And it was it was almost as if both teams were trying not to win it. And at the end, it really was a case of Missouri just giving the game away, just deciding that they were going to be worse than Auburn. Missouri had a chip shot field goal to win it at the very end, missed it. Then they go to overtime. Auburn misses the field goal to start overtime, but Missouri jumped offside, gave them a second chance, and Auburn makes the field goal. And then the real killer of all of them, Missouri on the second play of its overtime possession busts a long run down the left side. It looks like it's going to be a touchdown to end the game, but the Missouri ball carrier, who was not diving, he was just reaching for the pylon with the ball as he was kind of tight roping the sideline, lost it. It slipped out of his hand, went into the end zone before he had broken the plane of the goal line. Auburn recovers in the end zone for a touchback, and so what looked a split second earlier like a game-winning touchdown from Missouri ended up being a turnover. Auburn survives 17-14 in overtime. It was a tough watch. Um, And all I'll say is it's a conference win for Auburn, and there probably won't be too many of those this year. I don't think there'll be too many of them for Missouri either, and uh, this certainly was not one. But um, at least it was a competitive game, and it went down to the end. Uh, Elsewhere in the league, uh, the game that I thought was probably the next most compelling on paper was Tulsa at Ole Miss. And the reason I thought it was compelling, not so much that I thought Tulsa had a a chance to pull the upset, but entering the game, Ole Miss was tied for second in the nation in scoring defense and allowing just over four points per game. And you're thinking, surely Ole Miss can't be that good defensively. I mean, they're not up there in, in Georgia's league on that side of the ball. And what we found out today is they're not. You know, Tulsa has a, a, a good offense. They had scored more than 35 points in each of their first three games. We're throwing for a ton of yards. And uh, Ole Miss did a good job defending the pass, but 
they still they gave up 27 points. And they, they did a pretty good job after the first quarter. They gave up 14 in the first quarter. After that, they really settled in, played a lot better defensively. Uh, but their offense, Ole Miss's offense did not score. Ole Miss as a team did not score in the second half. It was 35-17 to at the half. Ended up being a 35-27 final. Tulsa actually had the ball. Possession of the ball, um, you know, late in the game, down one possession, one score, eight points, and they weren't able to do anything with it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Ole Miss really got a scare, um, but it was a little too close for comfort. So um, probably a probably a good game for Ole Miss to have before they finally enter conference play. Ole Miss at this point is the only SEC team that has not yet played a conference game. They have Kentucky next Saturday, and I, I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. Ole Miss. Um, is a uh, is a team that I think will really test that Kentucky defense, which has been good so far this year. Um, and Ole Miss is running the ball extremely well, and, and so I think um, that's that's another part of this that's going to make the game fun. But um, yeah, I mean that was it would, like I said, not a lot of drama, but it was a it was a good win for Ole Miss, and their defense showed that they're they're solid on that side of the ball, um, but not spectacular. And uh, might as well from there just go to Kentucky. Kentucky was another one. Came away with an eight-point win at home against a team that they were expected to beat by a lot more than that, uh, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois, which had lost by double digits on its home field to Vanderbilt the previous week. So Kentucky had week one, you may recall, they had a, a, a home game against, I think it was Miami of Ohio, where... They kind of sleptwalked through the first half, and then they put it on in the second half. But this was another similar game where Kentucky just, they didn't really pull away, and it ended up being a lot closer than it probably should have been. End of the day, Kentucky's 4-0. Um, they'll probably keep that top 10 ranking, uh, but certainly didn't look like a top 10 team with an eight-point win over Northern Illinois. Um, but, uh, hey, Arkansas, I'll tell you, when you're up there in the top 10 and you're undefeated, you just take a win however you can get it. So um, Kentucky was able to do that. And then, you know, outside of that, just um, some other games that were expected to be blowouts. You had Mississippi State big over Bowling Green, LSU big over New Mexico, and then uh, South Carolina uh, ended up pulling away and winning by a large number, 56-20 to 20 over Charlotte, which was one game that I thought could possibly be tricky in that um, South Carolina coming off back-to-back conference games I thought might have a little bit of a letdown here uh, come out without a lot of energy and get surprised it was close early but uh, but good for South Carolina to be able to, to not just survive the game but to go out there and look pretty good against a lesser opponent just like you'd expect them to and that brings us to the game that we probably thought would be the biggest blowout of the day, if not the biggest, certainly one of the top two in the conference, which was Georgia at home against Kent State, which was just a a weird game in that Georgia against the two Power Five teams they've played this year, Oregon and South Carolina, has looked so dominant. And, and yet they kind of slopped around, offensively anyway, in week two against Samford ended up settling for a lot of field goals instead of touchdowns, but their defense dominated. Today, 
the offense maybe slopped around a little bit, um, but the defense more so. You know, Georgia had given up one touchdown all season, and that was at the very, very end, total garbage time against South Carolina last week. But Kent State today, they just they managed to to hang in there, and and it was it was surprising because every time you thought that Georgia was putting the game away with the next score, Kent State would find a way to answer, and so it was it was twelve to three Georgia at the end of the first quarter. Then Kent State scores a touchdown, 12-10. Okay, then it's 19-10 Georgia. Then Kent State answers with a field goal, 19-13. Georgia scores eight seconds left in the first half, goes up 13. They end up adding a field goal early in the third quarter, 29-13. Okay, at this point, game's over, right? Well, Kent State ends up in the fourth quarter actually scoring a touchdown to cut it to 32-22. And they went for two, and actually the guy was open. It was just the quarterback threw the ball with way too much heat on it and went through the receiver's hands. And um, ended up, uh, you know, it was 32-22, like I said, at that point. But it, it very easily could have been a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Georgia ended up tacking on another one. 39-22 was the final score. But it was um, – those of you who listen to Thursday's podcast may remember me making the comment that um, one of my big questions for the SEC for this season was, would anyone play Georgia within 20 points before the SEC championship game? Well, Kent State did it. And uh, I was certainly not giving Kent State any chance to be the first one to do it. Um, I still am not sure that anyone in the SEC is going to do it prior to the SEC championship game. Maybe Tennessee. that, That would be the one that I would give the best shot to do it. I, I, I don't come away from this game with any concerns about Georgia. I guess the only thing I would say is that their defense for the first time this year looked like it had lost a ton of talent the year before. Um, and the fact that it took until game four for them to actually look a little bit sloppy on that side of the ball, I think is a, is a credit to Georgia. Now, if this happens again, then you can start to ask some questions. Okay, might Georgia be vulnerable against a team like a Tennessee, or are they necessarily the favorite against a team like Alabama in the SEC championship game, if that's who they end up playing? Um, Those would be fair questions to ask later. I think it's too early to ask that based on what we saw today. Uh, But certainly it was was, uh, one of the bigger surprises of of the day in the SEC that Georgia got a little bit of a game um, from Kent State, because we certainly weren't expecting that to happen. But as I mentioned off the top, End of the day, pretty much every game in the SEC turned out the way that you expected. The ones that weren't supposed to be competitive generally weren't. At least they didn't come down to the wire. The ones that we hoped would be competitive, they certainly were. And so we had some good football to watch, and I think we're all excited that starting next week, we're going to get mostly conference games from this point forward. And so uh, not as many of these, you know... 40-point spreads and and games that just just seem to have no chance of being competitive before they even kick off. Let's do it. SEC football is here as we go into October. This is when it gets real. This is when it gets fun. And we'll be talking about it for the rest of the season on 4th and Manageable. Thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for downloading. Uh, please uh, give us a rating if you enjoyed the podcast.
And uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. This is Brad Edwards. Take care.